What's up, guys? What's going on, Ben? How we doing? Hey, Phil? How you doing? Absolute Shit. treat. What's up? Living the dream, man. It's uh, We go a month between these things, so it's always exciting when we do get together. It, it seems like we've been doing it a while. It's only episode three, but it's it, like two weeks ago we met, and I just, I've been excited to do it. So I'm, it's good to be back. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, we've made a lot of improvements. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Ryan Baker quick. He's done a lot of great work with the production side of things, the audio. Uh, Phil, you want to show, show? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get the... Uh, that's for Ryan Baker. That's for Ryan Everyone, Baker. take a bow, Ryan. Take it, take it. That's good stuff, man. Uh, if you listen or watch to episode one, uh, we recorded that with an Xbox 360 camera <laughs> and uh, some audio equipment from the early 40s. Uh, Sonograph. We sounded were... like the president yeah. talking to the troops that night. But... Uh, it's it's fun because we've made a lot of improvements. We got a fun episode today, and yeah. then on our side too, our preparation's been a lot better. Um, if you could tell, we're not podcasters by paid trade. No, it's but we're of, we're learning. Though. We're Sometimes learning, plan learning. A and B and C don't even work, and then right. you go to preparation H yeah. for that plan, and then we're, you know down the line. And we're gonna be going to like two A here yeah, pretty soon. Oh, preparation! Okay. You know, I, it does feel better when we go to preparation H when we use that. Yeah. Yeah. Something I was thinking about. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't name the podcast. Phil, and our did. producers going no no, no. <laughs> we're gonna have to do so much editing today. <laughs> Phil, you named yeah. the podcast. Yes, and we came know, up. With I, that. I just kind of figured out that I have. Why, why did you name it? What you named? Why? It? Yeah. Us, uh, well, you know, we were so it's kind of when we. I think some of us had, were always talking about a, a podcast and how cool it'd be to start one and. And one day I was, I know I was talking to Hayden, um, to, to EMS director Hayden and stuff and, and just kicking things around and we were coming up with like ideas of how cool it'd be to, you know, just talk about, you know, calls or experiences or things that happen, you know, at, at the station to bring people kind of in the station, you know, before they see things when, you know, the emergency responses that you see when you see rigs and stuff like that. Um, so that you, um, it, it's, it's. The, the show is called Before the Tones Drop because we're bringing people into the firehouse before the tones drop, before the alarms well, come what, in. What, do you, you what does that mean, though, like the tones dropping? Oh, so, yeah, so when, a, when the, uh, the alarm comes in, right? So when we drop the tones, you hear the alert tones come in mm -hmm. and stuff, and that's when, you know, that's when all of a sudden you see the emergency. So that's like when you watch the TV shows, that's all the exciting stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You watch on TV shows or you see even driving around Sioux City, you see our rigs going down the street, you see lights and sirens, you see that's, you know, after, that's after the tones drop, right? That's when mm -hmm. you see what you think happens in a fire station yeah. and happens with firefighters. You don't get to see all the things that prepare us or get us to that point, all mm -hmm. the intangible stuff and all the training that goes in, all the preparation. It's like the, for the show that we do here, right? And all the preparation we do to, pr to put together before the tones drop. And now um, we're bringing people in before the tones drop, right? So yeah. that's kind of a, a thing. That's that's where it came from. It was just kind of sounded cool. And yeah, that's man. what we kind of went with. It so. definitely encompasses what the podcast is all about. I mean, achieving our goal of bringing the firehouse kitchen table out to the public, out to other first responders. Yeah. The name was awesome. As soon yeah. as you sent it off, we were like, yeah, that'll work. Definitely. In our first two episodes have been, that's, that's us getting our feet too. I mean, if we're, we're figuring this out as we go. Uh, we have a really, some exciting, we have two exciting guests today. I've heard a rumor of, uh, of who, what, who is that? What is that? What? No way. What? what yes. is, I hear it? You guys what? aren't going to believe what? that. What? No. What? Oh, 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 oh my gosh, Santa, Santa, oh my God, Santa Claus on the show. What is this? This, how does, what? Do you Welcome. mind if I sit? Please, yeah, please, please sit down. Oh, oh, oh. This is, if you had told seat. me this morning 
that I was going to be sitting next to Santa Claus later today, I, yeah, I would have. Well, he's like, a busy guy. Yeah, you are just busiest, busiest guy. This he's got to be like the busiest setup. guy. Yeah, yeah. We, we got like, the seat. Put on the headphones, Santa. I mean, we're ready not? to go, yeah. man. Yeah. Five to take a break. I've been working really. Hard. Yeah, you're busy yeah. this time of year. That's crazy. Thank you for working this into your schedule. I don't know who. I mean, I sent a letter to the North Pole this year, but I don't know how we got a hold I of you. That's letter. great. That is... I got the letter. Wow. And when I hear about good causes and good things people are doing, I want to come enjoy it. Wow. That's, yeah. Well, Thank you, Santa. What kind yeah, of good causes fantastic. are you talking about, Santa Claus? Well, do you all know about Local 7? Love I, it. I do. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm a member of Local 7. Yeah, we all local are. Local 7 is uh, a local chapter in the International Association of Firefighters. It represents our your hardworking individuals. It fights for their uh, their wages and benefits and working conditions, but more importantly, the charitable things that Local 7 does. It is quite amazing all the things that you boys and girls have been involved in. Well, thank you, Santa. Well, thank you, Appreciate Santa. those well, kind words. Before, before you list them, where does the number 7 come from? The number 7. Lucky number 7. It was, from what I understand, was the seventh local who signed up with the International Association of Firefighters when it was created in wow. 1918. Wow. That's 19, like, so like 100 years or something. That's a long <laughs> wow, time. that's a long time. Your math is very good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. thanks that's why man. I'm on a truck, man. <laughs> so Sioux City, so our, our firefighters, we've been a part of the of local of the international association of firefighters pretty i mean since the beginning then since the beginning wow wow and how i mean are there a bunch i mean how many of those are there that signed up i guess i don't know the exact number off the top of my head but i know there's over three hundred thousand firefighters represented by the international wow. association of firefighters that's incredible worldwide and, wow that's and do all yeah. of them do great charitable things like local seven does i believe so but I think Local 7's one of the best. Oh, man, you don't have to. You're just saying that, aren't you? What kind of things does Local 7 do around this time of year? Around this time of year, it's a lot about giving back. Uh, Giving back the money that Local 7's raised throughout the year uh, to charitable organizations such as the Food Bank, Noah's Hope, uh, Gospel Mission, the Goodfellow Charities, and that little yellow dog that raises so much money, Mm -hmm. and other families in need. We do coat drives toy drives we purchase toys with our own money uh, let alone the money that we raise through our members and also our wonderful businesses here in town awesome uh santa do you have a an amount total around this time of year that we have donated to to these good causes on average i hear it's right around twelve thousand dollars twelve thousand dollars wow is amazing so you've done a lot of work with local seven over the years spreading christmas cheer and christmas spirit this, yes. this isn't your first time working with Local 7, Santa. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I, I tend to show up around this time of year just to check in and make sure everybody's staying on the nice list. Do you ever visit the stations? <laughs> I do. I do. It's quite a surprise when I pop in and check up on them. I, I remember my first year, I remember a Santa Claus running through the station dropping off gifts. It, it always stuck out with me. So It, it, it amazes it's, me it's how agile be, you are, too. It's a pleasure to be sitting <laughs> with you. Not quite fast around this time of year. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's a busy day. You got five five days till the big one. That's right. Are, is, are the is the crew ready to go? They are. The reindeer have been training to stop really quick on the rooftops. My little elves are busy making all the toys. All, all the rig checks are, are good to go? I think so. I think so. And those bright, shiny lights on those new engines are fantastic. I was going to say, Santa, you 
made your stop with Sioux City last week. I did. You, you was a bit early. And what, what did you bring us? Four brand new Rosenbauer engines. Wow, man. Thank we you, thank Santa. you for that, yeah. too. That was, that was on our sharp. list. That was on our I'll list. Admit it. I might have delivered them, but I can't take credit for it. <laughs> credit must be given to our wonderful city council. Yeah. They yes. really did go above and beyond. Yeah, they did. Well, thank did you to Santa Claus, the people of Rosenbauer, and the city council, the chief, everyone that made this happen. We, we have a strong fleet right now. Um, kind of our own little reindeer, if you will, Santa. And uh, <laughs> something to be proud of, and we're very excited. And we're gonna, We've already broken the engines. It's, uh, it's been a busy, busy December so far. Fire and season, Santa, yeah. you know. Sounds so. like this year is the busiest yet, and it keeps getting busier every year. Every year we go up in uh, call volume, so we'll be right there with you to keep spreading cheer, though, and you're doing Fighting wonderful fires things. And you're helping people. Awesome. Well, that's Santa, the most important. We know you're very busy. Anything else you want to say to to the members of Sioux City Fire before you go, or the people of Sioux City? Just keep doing wonderful things. Be good to each other. It's important to remember that this time of year. Any any advice for the local as we go forth in our union adventures? Come together. Remember the reason that you came together in the first place. Enjoy the camaraderie and brotherhood that it provides you. And have a wonderful year. Awesome. Wow, thanks, Santa. Thank you very much, Santa. Couldn't have said yeah, it better. appreciate it. That's awesome. Just hanging with Santa. Podcast. No big deal. I mean, first podcast yeah, we Joe, got. We've had to be on. one of the first podcasts to bring Santa alive. The biggest to you. like celebrity I mean, that we've had on the Joe show Rogan so far has not had Santa Claus. I don't yet. think. No, uh, we should fact so. check that, should, but I don't think so. No, no. there's no way. No, I only go to the best events around. Oh man, there you go. You guys are doing wonderful work here, but I must be on. So okay. Thank you very yeah, much. We don't want to Safe travels, Santa. Santa. We Thank you, Santa. Busy. Safe travels back to the Stay North Stay warm Pole. this week. Yes, it's a cold week. Look at that. Oh, you can hear it. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Santa. Merry Christmas, Thank Santa. you. Oh, thank you. Wow. Off he goes. Off he goes. Just like that. See you, Santa. Santa Claus. That's right. really magical. That it really crazy. is. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Santa Claus showing up. Sandy. What are the odds of that? I mean, if you told, like, like I said, getting up this morning, but if even if you told me when I was like five years old, write my Santa list, that someday I would be in Sioux City, from northern Minnesota, be in Sioux City on a podcast, sitting next to Santa Claus, they're like, forget it. You know? Dreams come it's true. Like there is Dreams nothing, yeah. do come true. should right? ask them about out. why I didn't get that bicycle a couple years ago. Yeah. And then you also probably were not good. The deal <laughs> with my mom, but we don't, we don't have time for that. Let's okay. keep it moving. We have a new guest, Captain Dusty Johnson. Hello, hello. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey dear. Welcome. Nash. Nash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that never gets old. I love Leroy Jenkins. Uh, real quick, you want to talk about the Leroy Jenkins with the uh, active 911? Oh, yeah. So that it, whenever calls come in on active 911, that is one of our options for <laughs> on the iPad that will come across. I'll play Leroy Jenkins. And so... For a while in Engine 3, that might have been one of our uh, little little tones <laughs> and uh, the oh, engine. You'd be so. sitting in the bay and you'd hear that in the background. Like, okay, we're uh, going somewhere. Yeah, we're so. going somewhere. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Thumbs up, boys. Let's do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're in Episode 3. Uh, we've been talking you know, about the future of this podcast and where it goes. And you were on our list of guests. We didn't know when we'd get to yet. We have a long list. So for our members listening, uh, if you're thinking, like, hey, man, I'd love to be on that, you probably will be asked at some point. Um, just stay with us. Uh, we have plenty of time, thankfully. We're not going anywhere anytime soon, at least uh, until this gets shut down. Uh, but so, Cap, we're thrilled to have you. We're glad we got hey, you around thanks. this time of year because it's it's busy, 
and uh, you're a family man, so thank you for taking time hey. time out of your day to be yeah, here. Thanks, Cap. Thanks, yeah. guys. I appreciate being here. This is this is fun. You you do such a good job with this, and it's exciting to watch. And so I, I wanted to be a good guest, and you know I wanted to, to bring something special into your your lives. And so I have gifts for each of you, and uh, and, and don't yeah. be don't be bashful don't here. Be bashful. I want you to to really enjoy this, Devin. Just here go, you go. Go on in. Here you okay, go, man. Thank and you. Wow. This I put a lot of heart <laughs> into this, and. <laughs> Okay. It's just just a little Christmas I'll, magic. I'll go first. Go ahead. Cap yeah, got me get? breathe. Oh, with classic. With Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy, I believe this would be a what you call a romantic movie. Yeah. And I think it was so good it <laughs> oh, went right my. to DVD. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even. That's that saying theaters. something. It is. Well, Netflix <laughs> didn't want yes. it. Yes. And then what else do we have in here? I got a butter dish. Everyone Who needs doesn't one. Need one of those. Everyone needs butter a butter dish. dish. That's, yeah. Well, we could get to it later, but. I've got to find find out from you what uh, uh, what know, butter's all about. Is it carry gold or is it like off-brand butter? You know what's 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 the butter? What's the oh, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, didn't you eat a stick of butter? Once? No, no, no. no, no allegedly, I, that's uh, yeah. Allegedly, I can't take credit for that. There was someone else that I'll just keep nameless. Um, you know that. He, he did it, and I don't think the results were too good with this. So. <laughs> Shocking. But there were other items that, um, you know, maybe certain members of the audience might be be watching later on, and I don't want to elaborate too much. I, I've okay. been told that for a certain price, there's almost nothing you won't eat. Well, yeah. that was, you know, maybe the dusty 18 to 19 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. I'd like to say I've matured a little bit and don't do that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Working yeah. with you every day, night and day, I right. can tell. Right, you know, very stoic, very proper. Yeah. Your, your wife has to absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. She loves when you go to work. Yeah, just a real treat. Oh, St. Jen. St. <laughs> Jen, man. She is a saint. All right, I'm going to break this out. Oh, um, yeah. I do love yoga, so uh, <laughs> Dr. Lisa's Yoga Blast. And, uh, yes, get ready to if work, If I'm not mistaken, there's more parts to this, but thank you for this one. I don't have this one yet. Yes, so. I know how you like to exercise, and fitness is important to you. That's why the next part of this present is, is very, okay. very nice. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. Can I borrow that? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I got leg jeggings. <laughs> is that what these are? Leg warmers? Leg yes. leggings? Leg yes. warmers. It's cold, Great. and you need to keep your legs warm. You know, that, that weight room just isn't hot enough for me. I know. So I know. get ready to see these tomorrow. Okay, I am planning on, on it. So, uh, well, will you be wearing anything else? With Women's, that? but hey, I'm calling them uh, unisex. Hey, this, this is great. Right. This is a great exactly. Thank you so much. And All then, right, Phil. I, Let's see what we got. You really got some some good stuff here too. Oh. Is it Uggs? My very own copy of Divas. <laughs> <laughs> that is the gift this that keeps is, on giving, that, my friend. Yeah. Fame can murder. This is fantastic. Yes. I don't. You know. Hopefully, like I don't even think I even own a DVD player. I think we have one at the firehouse, oh, so we'll, yeah, be able, see, we'll be able to watch crazy. this. I, I would, think this is going to be a crew movie. Can, crew can movie. we read the back yes. Phil, can you read the back of Divas? The back of Divas? Like what, the, is, what is the description? When a Divas? conniving over-the-hill Hollywood diva mysteriously oh, turns up dead, man. and no one knew her surprise. No, no one knew her is – no one who knew her is surprised, okay, when she turns up dead. Now, everyone, including co-stars or directors – are suspects there's a label like the, price oh, the, the dollar store Bas- label's getting in the way i apologize yeah. <laughs> suspects uh and an ambitious uh police detective uh with stardom is asked to uh tasked with getting to the bottom of this hollywood whodunit so wow. and, and can that you like look in the front can you name thriller. any actor without looking at the top <laughs> 
Uh, you know, I originally thought that was maybe Marlon Wayans, but it is not. So yeah. I, oh, I, I don't. So this is it's exciting because it looks like a new, thriller. All it new does. people. But what else do we like get it. in here with this? Ed? Oh, some nice, just nice disposable shoe cover. Yeah, yeah you know, you never know when you might need those. You never know. Yeah. Very handy. So walking around and stuff. Well, you yeah. know, because if it's a it's a murder mystery <laughs> together, right? So if you're investigating oh. a murder, you know, you don't yes. want to leave your shoe prints around a, a murder scene, right? <laughs> like murdering task to get done. So <laughs> you might need to put on <laughs> some <laughs> shoe covers. That's right. Oh, this was a lovely surprise. Well, thank hey, you. Yeah. you know, thanks, it's, Cap. This is fantastic. Pleasure is all mine, fellas. I hope you enjoy this. Watch Devin do yoga. I'll tell you right now. I want to watch Devin do yoga. That might be. Well, <laughs> I know what we're doing for our hour of PT. Tomorrow. All right, done. Yeah. I cannot three, wait. Yoga, yoga. We are going out of service. The Andrew and you guys Garfield, the, the movie there too. Movie day. Yep. Don't ask me to come watch that with you. I, I've yeah, already I seen it. That's <laughs> yeah. Cry every time. Cry. And I yeah. Use my butter dish. So, <laughs> well, Cap, that was awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome, man. Santa and d- gifts from Santa. Captain Johnson. Oh, yeah, man. That's, That's a good best day. Can we get much higher? So, let's get into things. All right. Shop today. Uh, let's start at the beginning of your career. I want to go back. Actually, well, I guess this will, this will start before your career. Your dad was a firefighter. Michael, yeah. Uh, do you know when he came on the job? Yeah, so he came on in 1974. Okay. Yeah. And uh, little, we have legacy firefighters, obviously a little right. unique history that everyone knows. Uh, your dad and Kirk Wicker both gave, gave it everything. They gave their life yeah. in the line of duty. Uh, in, in 1982 at the Hen House fire. Yeah. Um, not only a fire that's known to us, but at the, st- at the state level and the national level because legislation was passed after that. Exactly. Where, and if, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here, but th- I believe the story was kind of in that time frame, you had people that would burn down their building or hire someone to to collect insurance money if, if whatever their, they, their building wasn't profitable, they couldn't rent it. And you saw a lot of fires because of that. And then unfortunately we lost two of our own. And because of that, there's legislation change. You want to talk about that? Yeah, ex- absolutely. So one of the things that came out from that was the felony murder doctrine. So if a person commits a felony and as a result of that felony, someone um, dies from it, um, then they, the charges for that escalate greatly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this, um, this escalated very high at the national level too. And, and then, um, you know, it, it really had taken off from there. Yeah, I believe that was Senator Grassley. Was it, it was. Yeah, we actually, we still have the letter from Senator Grassley wow. Wow. Um, at home, too, which is, it's pretty neat. Big piece wow. of history. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, your dad, Michael, and Kirk Wicker. That was the last two line of duties this department's mm-hmm. have, and hopefully it stays yes. that way. Um, yes. Uh, some tragic history for our department, but nonetheless, we do our best to find, you know, we remember our fallen, and we do our best to find positivity and growth. And, and unfortunate things like that. And I think just working with you, you're such a positive guy all the way around. So I think it's just it's just a good example of um, what overcoming adversity and things like that were. This happened when you were fairly young. Yeah, so, I was two. So what was two years old. What was your mindset or your outlook on being a firefighter or the fire department growing up, whether you were a little kid, teenager, and then into a young adult into high school? Right, right. So um, I knew pretty early on that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, I looked at a few other things and, but this one was really calling my name. And, and there was, what really drew me here was not only like the camaraderie, but just the the excitement, the adventure, uh, and just not knowing what the day is going to bring. And I think that's what, what really makes it so exciting. And, you know, the things that excited me back then still excite me now. And I know you, you all probably feel the same way and, 
and how uh, how exciting and wonderful this job is and and so um you know for very good reason my folks weren't too too thrilled about yeah, my that, career that was choice. I was going to ask, how, yeah. how, how did your family feel? Um, I knew that um, that they weren't too excited, and then especially with the risks and, you know, what, what had happened with Dad and Kirk, that, you know, that we put ourselves in harm's way and that there's a chance that, you know, if I was to go into this profession, that I wouldn't come home. So mm-hmm. that was a little, um, that was a, a sticking point, and, um, so I think they knew that I'm a little bit stubborn mm-hmm. and, uh, I wasn't going to give up on it. And so we, I, I know I sat down with my brother and him and I had a talk about it and, I, and we actually, I remember this conversation clearly. We went to Bob Rose, it was just him and I, and he was like, what are you doing? Do you, do you know how this is upsetting mom? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know, but I really, really want to do it. Yeah. And I, I had my heart set on it and then. You know, it's like, okay, you know, and then, and then my folks, they, they seen it, how excited I was and wanted to do it. And, and then they're like, started to become a little more accepting Mm -hmm. of it too, which man, hats off to them because I know being in their spot too. Wow. I, I would have some pretty strong misgivings too. And, and now that I'm a dad too, I can, I can totally empathize with, with their viewpoint on that, that, Yeah. yeah, it's it's a little tricky. And right, right now we have my oldest son, Jackson, he's, he's wanting to be a firefighter too. That's so it's cool. so cool, pretty cool. Man. So they, they potentially yeah. a third generation here so, too. I, it would be really hard to not be proud of, of at some point I could see, I could see the hesitation at the beginning. And then with, I assume there was a turning point at some point where they were, it was, it was really cool when he, when he graduated probation and all that kind yes. of stuff. To see like, hey, yes. this is really cool. And you know, dad would be proud and yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. So with that, it is, it, cause your dad, um, he was assigned down to threes, right? I yeah, mean, he was the driver of engine three. So what was like? What was that like then? Because I did you, I guess before, um, uh, you know, when you were still little and stuff. Did you ever visit your dad down at threes? Because you, because you and Jesse were the last probies to start at old threes. You that's correct. The last one. So yeah. did you ever visit your dad oh, at oh. old threes? Yeah. So yeah. Now, what was that like then? Coming back as a probationary firefighter to your dad's firehouse to old threes what what was that like for you so when i i know when i got brought down there um i still pretty little yet um mm-hmm. still just a little uh, little punk with curly hair um so i don't remember too much but mm-hmm. but going starting probation at, at a station that that my dad worked it was it was so surreal that like you know going up this set of, uh, set of steps this is something that that dad would have done going mm-hmm. down this pole dad slid down this same pole at one point in his career and it was just it was so neat you know there it just seemed like there were just these these connections just coming into place along with with some of his coworkers so when i started there were a lot of uh, firefighters that had worked with dad so it was it was neat hearing stories uh, about about him, um, he liked to do pranks too, which checks out. <laughs> so maybe maybe some of that those traits got passed uh, down, which is pretty that neat. Out. I'm marking that down. Yeah, um, maybe just one or two together, pranks. Right? It's all coming that's together. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's 2002, mm-hmm. and you are how old? Uh, I was 22 then. 22. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually had started. Um, so my last semester at Morningside College then. So okay. um, I started in March 
um, on the fire department, graduated from Morningside um, two months later. So you, I was juggling both there for a little bit. Oh, man. So you tested once. Yeah. And you sat on – how long did you sit on the hiring list before you got a job? Um, let's see. I probably sat three to four months. Okay. So you yeah. were probably one of the first hires right. on your hiring list. Right. And when um, I was in the process, I know I just got done with um, the physical test, and that's mm-hmm. when 9-11 happened. Wow. And I remember being in class, and I don't know if we we did. I just did some training just to get ready for that physical test, and and then we were watching everything unfold there. And you know, at that moment, it was just like became galvanized. Like mm-hmm. this, this is sign, a, an extreme motivator that um, I want to put myself in this spot. And you guys can attest to this too mm-hmm. that if there is a dangerous situation man send me let's yeah, go let's do it and you know just seeing those guys go in you know that's that wow that was a huge huge motivator right mm-hmm. there so and, and i know you, some of us because we came because we were on the same yeah same yeah. list because we came you know uh our group came on six months after you guys did and that you know and i think for us that that was you know we did have a different mindset for the fire service going in because prior to that that you know 9-11 wasn't a thing and then we were the first groups getting hired mm-hmm. and how different I think then even talking to guys that were on the job and how much more stuff was coming in for you know you saw the USAR stuff and the hazmat grow and then all the different things because yes. of that yes. and how quickly it grew it was a different time I think in the fire service than it was just prior to that but yeah we were some of the first people to come on uh, uh, right after that so that yeah was, absolutely you know. Cap I know you talked about earlier joking a little bit about being stoic when I think of the word stoic I know you're I want you to know you're one of the first people I think of, especially having work with you every day. And then Thanks. you're talking about 9-11. And after the tragedy that we've already experienced, you've already experienced personally, then that, just solidifying that even more and making yeah. that feed that energy for you to want to do this job even more. You could have turned around and been like, well, it's it's a little right. way too real now. You yeah. know what I mean? This could happen to anyone any day, but especially a guy like you. But I just want you to know, when you talk about pride, like Ben had mentioned earlier, there's no doubt in my mind, every person that's met you is proud of you because of what Thanks. you're doing and what thank you've you. been through. I appreciate that. Just want you to know yeah, that, man. It's just sick. It's I love seeing it. Cause <laughs> Thanks. We talked about 9-11 a little bit, but as a kid being, you know, I was a little kid when that happened. I was talking like third grade, right? I mean, I had heroes before that. Those guys and every guy that had died in the line of duty since then or before then, those were my heroes growing up. Yeah, besides absolutely. talk about legacy, even me. But man, I can already see you're someone's hero already. I'm sure Jackson probably someday can look back yeah. and say, "Hey, man, my dad's one of my heroes." You know, so yeah. it's just cool watching this stuff and yeah. the fire service. You're you're embodying the fire service. It's so oh. cool, man. I love it. I love having you here. It's sick. Thanks. You were talking about your families being like, God, what are you doing? And then 9-11 happens. You gotta be, they got to be thinking, what are you doing? Uh, I know. There's probably a, there was a, had to have been a lot of head scratching like, oh, man. Because yeah. you really? told them, did you tell them when you got the job offer or when you were applying? Um, so I told them that before the, the testing process okay. had started that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, and then. You know, right in the middle of my senior year at, at Morningside. And, yeah, like, so it was kind of funny because knowing full well what I wanted to go into with a career in the fire service, I'm like, oh, what can I take that's going to be as close to firefighting as possible? <laughs> Criminal justice. So yeah, see where that, how that panned out. I'm so. just going to send it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Did you, before you got hired, were 
And you do have a lot of people that worked with your dad that were kind of mentors, uncles growing up. Yes. That, and you made visits to the fire station yes. regularly and right. checked in with the guys. Yeah. So the, um, one of them was was Pat O'Donnell, and he was on Engine 6, drove Engine 6. and. He had, he, yeah, he did. Yeah. He got word that um, I was I was testing. He said, "Well, come on and ride with me." You know, yeah. Pat's gruff voice, yeah. and and so um, it was. It was then. It was uh, Joe Small and Lieutenant yeah. Troy Sonicson there, and so I got to go uh, and ride on the back engine six, mm-hmm. and it was it was spectacular. Yes. Oh, I Actually, had it had a garage fire come in one of the days <laughs> I rode, of course. and Pat's like. Stay by the pump panel. <laughs> just, okay, okay. Yeah, you got and you know, and from that moment on, just just seeing those guys work, just seeing how smooth operations were, how they could get hand lines in place and make fire attacks so quick. I'm like, this is a well-oiled machine. These guys are total pros, and and it, it just stoked that fire even more. Like, man, I want to be a part of this. This is just so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you come on the job in '02. Uh, what was probation? What was your probation like? Uh, so we we had a pretty good cast of characters on probation, and so my uh, my fellow probationary firefighter, uh, he's <laughs> now <laughs> Lieutenant Jesse Pedersen and I, Patterson. we we were pretty much in the barrel every day. We yeah. got we got picked on just a little bit, and most of it is is, is Jesse's fault though, because uh, <laughs> you know you know how he is. No way, I, I know, uh-uh. and he uh, would never cause any. Trouble. <laughs> he would not cause any problems. No. I got two things with Jesse. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got lots of okay. things. I could segue. spend all day here. Do we want to talk about the lawn furniture while we're yes, on Jesse? Yes, let's 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 go ahead and bring let's that up. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> T- take us through that story. Okay, so there might Jesse and I. We usually prank each other. It's, although after this incident, curtailed it a little bit, but just a few exchanges here and there. Him and I messing with each other, and so I'm I'm on duty and he is off, and so he starts texting me pictures of our lawn furniture up on the roof of our house, <laughs> <laughs> and so Jen comes home. She's like. I think somebody broke into her house. There's our furniture is on the house. And like, and then oh, I said, I Jesse did that. He sent me pictures, and immediately the tone changes. Like you, you're messing with him, and now he's starting to mess with us. Yeah. You need to get home, and you need to take that stuff off the roof right now. And and so I'm like, okay, work. I'm at yeah. work. I can't do it. And so I'm calling Jesse, and he's not answering it. Like, oh, come on, answer, answer. And so finally get a hold of him. I'm like, dude, you got to get over to my house and take that stuff off. And so he finally gets over there, and Jen's out talking to one of the neighbors. And, uh, and then she looks at him, and if looks could kill, Jesse would have been murdered like 100 <laughs> times over. And so he right gets now. and takes that stuff off and, and gets, out, gets out of Dodge, and man, which is probably good for his safety. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. You guys have had a, had a good friendship. We have. We have. We tease each other now, and 30 years from now, when we're a couple of old farts, we'll still be doing it. You guys yeah. be, like, poking each other's walkers yeah. at each other. Uh, and... I'll be happy to kick his walker away from him. <laughs> yeah, leave him on the ground. Yeah, Calling a lift assist. <laughs> so you were talking earlier about, you know, kind of like how you're at Station 3 on probation. They pick on you guys, and that's kind of part of probation. You're down there now as the house captain, which puts yeah. you in charge of the probationary process. Yes. And that whole station. Why is that culture important to our new guys and that they earn their badge and that they go through that year? Yes. And it's, it's from day one to day 365, 
it's they are probationary and you want to talk about that just yeah that culture absolutely and why it's so important that we have that and how it's still if you went and worked at a bank you wouldn't you wouldn't probably get some of the the ribbing yeah absolutely yeah so and it's it's so important we and we talk about teasing and, and everything and you know one of it is the big part of it is that um you you're not part of that group right away and people are still trying to figure you out and you have to earn your place because this job is crucial there are lives that hang in the balance we we have to depend on each other we are with each other for an entire day and so you have to earn respect it's not something that you can walk right in and be like hey here i am i'm the new guy you know i'm i'm an equal Mm-hmm. You have to you have to be put under pressure. You have to earn your place on that rig. You have to show up ready to work every single day. And the moment you slack off, man, the the chances of someone getting hurt or killed increase dramatically. Yeah. So, from right from the get go, we create this um, this mentality at the station, which. You know, it sounds like it's it's rough, and it sounds like oh, you know we we haze and tease, and uh, it's the exact opposite. It's I want to say it's tough love because we we want these people to succeed, we want them to grow as individuals, become excellent firefighters, and we want them to know that if you want respect on this job, you got to work your tail off for it. You got to earn your stripes and continue to improve yourself, and then things start changing and then you know you you earn that respect and a really crucial part of this is that and it's it's some of these lessons that people learn is that um you can't take yourself seriously this job has a way of humbling you mm-hmm. and if you and Devin and I have talked about this too there are two types of people in this career there um are those that are humbled and those that are about to be humbled And so being able to laugh at yourself, being able to take crap with style, being able to understand that, look, I'm not always going to be right. I'm going to mess up and how to to toughen up, accept your 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 faults, the errors that you make, suck it up and move on. These are all Mm -hmm. critical skills that that we teach our new folks down at uh, when they're on their probationary period. It's good not to be afraid, like you said, not to be afraid to except that you made a mistake or that you are wrong or something, you know, cause oh, that's, I yeah. think, I think yeah. some, you know, the, an old, the old school mentality of, of, I don't know if everybody was just afraid of losing their job or just afraid right. of like, like we're totally infallible. Right. So now I think we, we've created that where it's no, you, you know, if you're going to make a mistake, but we use it as a teachable moment. Right. <clears throat> and you build, you know, even, even as, you know, with 20 years on the career, you know, on a job and still to make mistakes, but not, but you know, accept it move on from it build from it you know it's a lot better i think than, than what yeah we, you know, yeah exactly with, these know. are our lifelong skills that mm-hmm. we're, we're teaching these people that um they get put in that position uh, of, of leadership they mess up now they're going to have a, a better frame of reference on how to handle this stress and how to handle criticism on this suck it up and move on yeah. and you know it's um we are during that first year of probation for these folks it's we welcome them into that family. You know, even though we bust their chops a little bit, they are part of that family. And uh, and everybody down assigned at that station looks after them like they're their own little brother or sister and takes them in. And it's like, 
nobody's going to mess with you. Yeah. We'll mess with you. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're going to mess with you, but but nobody else is going to. And, but as much as there, like I said, there's that busting the chops that's these people going through this, this first year have some pretty good guardian angels looking after them to, to make sure that they, um, they can operate safely and are taught these lessons that, going to keep them surviving and enjoy a really long career yeah and being down there that's, that's a huge responsibility because like you said you may have someone with with 45 days on the job and you know, it doesn't matter what fire comes in or what call comes in you got to be ready for it you got to leave these people and you're responsible for them mm-hmm. and then you know there's three shifts down there and they all watch these probationaries go and they float and get their fourth man and grow into their career and you know some of these senior guys that were down there whether in the past or still are you know they've watched guys go all the way to the, the promotional level and now are lieutenants or maybe yeah. captains so that's it's gonna be pretty cool to watch watch your probies grow up that is incredibly exciting it's you know some of them I, i've got to see get promoted up to lieutenant and some are on captain's list right now and um and it, it is so exciting and then what's really fun to think about too is that our we could have a, a future chief or two that mm-hmm. is currently in probation or maybe starting probation in yeah. the near future. Then it, it's neat to be able to guide these people along that process. I, I don't know about our current probation, <laughs> maybe, but. <laughs> well, well, that's, yeah, that's debatable. We'll see, we'll see what the future holds. Those guys. You're talking about, you know, uh, going through probation and you basically being the coordinator of probation right now for young men coming and women on, coming on the job. Patience has to be a big part of that, right? Oh, yeah, and it does. you're one of the most patient guys I know. Is that, like, something you learned, or did you have to practice it, or did it just come with time on the job and working with probationaries and younger folks? Right. So there, I would say it was a combination of, of practicing with it, becoming patient as I got older. And I know that experience um, and time in the job helped, too, because – if um, if I blow up on a situation, you know, if, if, if something happened and I lose my cool, then I'm going to have to play catch up later on. And, you know, especially, and I, especially if I don't have all the facts and all the information to, I'm going to look pretty foolish if I, I blow my top. So to avoid that whole thing, I, you know, I want to get that whole perspective on what's going on bef- and then, then act accordingly from it too. Yeah, so, sure. So uh, one of the questions I got here, if you could have adv- if you had advice for any young firefighter, whether starting probation or maybe just floating right now, um, what, what advice would you have for them? There, there are a few things that I would say that some of our, uh, our younger personnel could, could think about that help them in the long run. And it's one of them is just to be patient because you have a, a wonderful career ahead of you and a career that could last you almost 30 years and so definitely being patient like we had just talked about is is important and you know don't rush into trying to move up the promotional ladder take your time become a really good firefighter keep working on your skills and studying taking different classes to to become extremely well-rounded yeah you talk about patience. That's probably something I've struggled with as a young guy. It's hard to do. Because, it's hard. Because it hard. you, not, not, maybe not with the promotion stuff. I, God, if I'm a, ever an officer one day, God help that crew. But <laughs> You're going to do I, fine. I, just, I, I know, <laughs> like, you get in with the crew, especially maybe at the double houses, too, and, you're, and you know, you, you go on that probationary year, and you prove yourself. And at the end of the year, that probationary crew probably has some respect for you yeah. if you did a good job. Yes. But the other houses don't know you. 
Right. You so, got to start so, so over. Now you got to start over. You do. And you, that's one house. And there's uh-huh. seven houses and there's three shifts. And it could take five to seven years before you work with kind of the whole department enough to where they know you have first name basis type stuff. And and just establishing that and kind of earn your street cred. And that's as a younger guy, there's nothing better than when you like you have that opportunity and mm-hmm. you nail it, whether it's a fire, you're pumping and you know, that officer comes back or the driver and say, Hey, good job in there today. Or, Hey, nice job on the knock or Hey, way to find it or good work in there. Because then, then all of a sudden that's, it sounds cliche, but that's like us going to war. It's us going, you know, fighting mm-hmm. these fires or these big calls. And that builds camaraderie. It does. And then all of a sudden now it's like, Hey, the new kid handled himself pretty well today. And just a little bit more and more and more, you just establish yourself. Right. So I, right. I love that advice. I, yeah. It's something that I've, I've had to learn. Yeah. And, you know, the hard it's, way. I, I talk about being patient. I'll be the first to tell you. There, I've had my moments. Uh, I've screwed up. I've, <laughs> I've lost my cool, done stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, but one of uh, the, the best things you can do is, you know, just own up to it. Yeah. Like I, I like reading Jocko books. I love listening to Jocko Pack podcast. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talks about is that extreme ownership. Yep. So if you screw up, you know, you can't blame anyone else for your problems. And I think, you know, if you expand a little bit, you know, societal problems kind of focus on this too. We tend to blame others for our problems. And if you look in the mirror, be like, you're the reason why this is happening x y and z are happening it's yeah. up to you to fix it absolutely you've talked about we've talked about off off this podcast before you know if you have a probationary that maybe they're not performing up to snuff mm-hmm. you accept that re- responsibility that's not on the probationary that's on you i'm not doing a good enough job training that person or be, yes if i may have to be harder on them maybe i have to drill them out in the bay for four hours until they never screw that up again you take that responsibility past the point of god a kid's a mess up what can i say like you just He's, he's a goof. That's right. And, you know, at that point, failure is not an option. So if I if we see somebody struggling, okay, like, let's take a look at how our approach is. And especially, uh, I'm not going to say Phil and I are old, maybe seasoned. <laughs> yes. now when I we like s- to use the term, yeah, veteran <laughs> veteran, or, like um, that. masters. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So especially dealing with, with some of, like, uh, the newer generation – personnel that we have too like some of the approaches that we have maybe worked at one point but now it's like we have to be adapting in some things and how we we handle we talk we instruct because people are learning differently and so if we can adapt our how we teach and instruct and communicate mm-hmm. with people we can reach them at their level and then help them succeed yeah. and every probationary is a little different oh yeah so absolutely the, every person's different the three yeah. you have right now are all mm-hmm. mid-20s and mm-hmm. then cycles before that you had you had harold and derek and harold's in his mid-30s yeah and you know derek, and derek was college grad so he's young yeah. it's just you everyone's all over everyone's just a little different right and right. that's that's got to be a quite the challenge to, to learn to manage everyone specifically it is and that's what really makes it fun yes. Devin can attest to yeah. it too mm-hmm. at threes is just is working with these these new people and how exciting it is and how it makes you understand that i'm i need to stay up on top of my skills yeah. here because i'm teaching <laughs> yeah. these people and i don't want to look like a total goofball and not yeah. be able to execute this drill right and if i do screw up or if i do it poorly <laughs> guess what? I, I'm going to own it. And you have to own it in front of them. And I think that shows you that human, it shows them that human side of, mm-hmm. okay, look, this person messed up. They're my officer. 
and then here they're they're going to practice and, and do better at it and so i think with these failures they come great teaching points like that that they can build off you just talked about being humble and that's just a great example why that's so important yeah and yeah absolutely you you're either humble or the job will humble you that's right and uh and I think it's, that's a good test of when you manage these probationaries is you either have, you can have the, this is my way or the highway you're going to do as I say, and then you have to maybe sometimes bend that and go, okay, well, this person, I have to be a little different when it comes to instructing them and, and teaching them. I think that puts a lot of tests to the people down there and, and the important job that they have training, training right. our future. Yeah, and that's what's, what's neat with the crews that we have down there. Uh, captain Tom Yoakum, he's uh, the other station captain on there on truck three, and he helps oversee that program. But our drivers like Devin and um, Brandon DeRocher are, are, are like on our shift. And then we have some, some great officers and drivers on the other shifts. What makes it so exciting down there and such a well-rounded group is that we have a good team. It's not a one person show. We have, we have these great drivers and officers down there that help instruct. We have fourth men mm-hmm. that help instruct. And yeah. so these probationers get a lot of different viewpoints too. So yeah, a lot of different experiences. Family, you have like, you know, kind of like the hard dad, you have the, the kind mom, <laughs> and then you have the yep. fun uncle. They all yep, take yep. So <laughs> let's back up. You, you, so probation and floating. And then where did you, let's just go down your career quick. Fourth assigned lieutenant captain. Where, where are the stops you made along the way? Well, so I, I really didn't wander too far from station one and station three. So uh, after floating, I floated about three and a half years. Uh, which it was fun. I really enjoyed floating. And then I moved to fourth on truck one, then third on truck one, drove engine three, lieutenant truck one, captain engine three, captain truck one, mm-hmm. captain engine three. Awesome. <laughs> so so that's, that's pretty fun. Double just, houses. And yes. And that double house is Pretty so even much time fun. between uh, truck and engine life there. Uh, huh? I <laughs> know. I won't say which one I like which more. Like well rounded. Well rounded. Well rounded. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go through that. You want to talk about some fires? Yes. You, where do you want to start? You want to start beginning and go up, or you want to start kind of back now and go backwards? Um, you know, we can. St- you know, I'm starting to get older, and my memory is getting a little hazy. Maybe embellishing a few things. Let's start newer. Okay. So with that being said, you have to talk about Captain Chaos and that nickname, and oh, yes. why why they call you that. So one one cool thing with the fire service is that if you come up with a, a nickname for yourself, it's totally gonna get thrown in the trash. You are gonna get a nickname, whether you want it or not, and it's because some uh, facial feature or some <laughs> screw up that you've done, or you know, just some bonehead stunt yeah. you've pulled. Um, mine all terms of endearment. Yeah. Way, all, right? Yes, yeah, that's well, right. Every, yeah. every With bit love. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So there is, there's a little bit of a rumor that whenever I fill in the, in the assistant chief's office, that a rumor <laughs> that unusual calls come in or massive structure fires come in. Wait, wait and, who's saying it's a rumor? Yeah. It's, it's almost, I think I we're all allegedly, under the realization the, here. Allegedly there've been <laughs> massive fires or <laughs> it's, it's almost scary at this point. I know. And it's, it's, almost expected yeah like, not for me i, when, I just go well when they see your name in, crew sense, <laughs> uh, in the car they everyone's all right what are we gonna do now yeah like, we're not sleeping we're doing something so we right. have some written down here this when we had our pre-podcast meeting this fire had not happened yet <laughs> so let's talk about 10 days ago okay i was down at station one i'll kind of give you my perspective quick yes. chief Callagher goes home he goes home a little early on vacation uh, he's going to the black hills the next morning you're in the car for 90 whole minutes 
and then what happened? Oh, I keep bumping my cowbell. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, so for 90 minutes, it, well, let me just backtrack a little bit because I can't remember if it was at Station 3 or Station 1. Maybe it was both. Somebody's like, oh, great, Cap Chaos is here, so what are we going to have? And I said, well, well maybe a, a nice defensive fire. <laughs> great, great. That, that was very... Uh, that was not so. Uh, not good. Has the, have the called, members of the CRR called, talked to you I called yet? Him. <laughs> so I was calling, calling to t- talk to Kelleher, and Cap answers the phone. I immediately, what's the first thing I told you to do? I said, <laughs> um, I, I think I told him go back to three. Yeah. I yeah. said no. I said it was going to be snow. The weather was going to be bad. It was. He's in the it car. Was. I said no. I said go back to threes. We're yeah. not. We're not doing Put this today. He first thing laughing. he says before he leaves threes is go. Hey, see you in about a half an hour, buddy. <laughs> so just well, joking. We, six no, minutes we have a chat. We have a chat. We're joking around and just talking, whatever. And he said, you know, just make sure he's like, you know, have that that deck gun on engine four, uh, you know, dialed in and, and sighted in sighted and stuff. In. Sighted in. Sighted in. I said, yeah, you know. So yeah, okay. We'll see. We'll see after a while. Yeah, ten minutes later. I mean, not even kidding. Yeah, yeah so. I know that is just so unusual, and I don't know what it is, but there's definite. Definitely a black cloud that just just follows me, and I can't shake it. Hey, so the Lord gives his toughest battles to those that can handle it, and that those are the toughest. So uh, and then what it, what happened that, there? We were so. up up all night. Yeah. I had I made my bed shortly after I got downtown, and mm-hmm. I did not see it until I picked it up the next day. So you so take us through the Ida fire. Yeah. So um, it was. I want to say 8.53 when that one came in. Yeah, just before And that. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. And I was thinking, you know, maybe there's, we might have some burnt food or something yeah, like so that. We, we go there a lot for fire yeah, alarms. Yeah, yeah, we've food. had different different calls, fire alarms mm-hmm. there. And so um, I may have went in, in route as Chief 19, Chaos 19's in route. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never Alleged, heard that. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Yep. Um, and so as it got closer, it was snowing at that point. Roads were starting to get a little terrible um i could see in the street lights i wasn't sure if it's smoke or if it's just the snow and got up on scene on pier street and at that point uh, i had a waiver say hey it's over here and i looked up and i could see this brown smoke coming out of the attic space and some of the attic vents and as you guys know that brown smoke coming out of any structure is yeah. not a good indicator that now we got structural members Especially actually in burning. that type of construction yep. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah you old have, building yeah it was a hundred and 122 year old building wow and so and all that, it took was captain chaos being in the car one night huh? yeah, i know for 90 minutes and for <laughs> 90 minutes is all it took yeah. and so um, yeah the the bad part about it was that you have an old building there's not much fire stops inside that 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 building um the attic the fire had free reign mm-hmm. to with that too so and it, it what made it worse is there's some pretty good head start on it too yeah. and you had three engine crews in there yeah. trying at, we made an offensive effort at first yeah we went offensive right out of the gate um with that and um i know engine one and truck one had, they had pulled up over on uh there's 19th I yeah they were on 19th yeah, yeah. Yep, and then I talked with Phil as soon as he got on scene here, and um, about eight minutes into it, at that point, the guys were starting to make an attack. Eight minutes, and I'm like, "This is the potential for this going south is is a real probability." Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of those, I, I said, uh, I requested a second alarm, so yeah. requested a, a fourth engine to that to this address. 
and then a short time later requested a support alarm. So we had administrative staff, uh, community risk reduction, a rehab officer coming in place here. Poor, to, poor Chief Kelleher. I had the look on his face because he was supposed to go to the hills. Yeah, he was, he was getting ready nice to go on a little vacation. mini vacation, and he looked at me, and he goes, really? Yeah, I remember seeing him. I was like, I was like how's the hills, Chief? <laughs> yeah, he was back getting so ready. soon. Wow. I know, getting How ready to leave it? about 6 in the morning, yeah. and oh, back to work, he goes. Yeah, so we had we had some pretty um, unique circumstances in that. One of them was the, the amount of people that we had because a real concern of, of all of ours was how many people are we have in this, this building yet? How many of them um, are not going to come out because of the frequency of fire alarms? That's which that complacency. That's a real you know, threat. That's what happens with buildings lot, like that yes. where we get a lot of the burnt food and the smoke of the building. Right. Some people just don't. So anybody that does get out of the building – when they, you know, the fire alarm, because you're supposed to get out, you know, I kind of always tend to just tell, tell somebody, hey, thanks for getting out, because they do. Yeah. But that's anybody that's listening. If you're in an apartment, especially apartment building stuff, the fire alarm's going off, get out. There's a reason why those things are there. It, exactly. And I know it, it's, you know, it might be 99% of the time it might just be burnt food or a malfunction or something, because we get a lot of those. And we had a lot, you know, we had some of those at, at, at Ida and, and having responded there a number of times for that kind of stuff. But in this case... Yeah. It wasn't. It was. It was the real deal. I don't mean to be too graphic, but standing out in the cold for a little while is much better than suffocating to death or you know possibly getting burned or anything. You know, just we want to talk about some of the indicators because I I was on truck one that night. We were on the roof. Mm -hmm. We we cut a ventilation hole and we had fires come through that as well as in that Charlie Delta corner. What is that an indicator of, and why? Why is that all of a sudden? An engine three, I believe, was was in there. Uh, Brandon and yeah. Corey, and they had some ceiling falling on them. Yes, and that's yeah. that's kind of the indicator of this thing is this thing is starting to become dangerous. Right, right. So then I, I know Phil was up in that apartment. We had engine one up there too. They had reported that some of the ste- the ceiling was starting to come down, and conditions on the outside after that was being reported, um, it, it started, was starting to reflect that. Mm-hmm. And I, fire was venting through the roof and um, further east along that building going towards that alpha side, that's when I could see smoke starting to work its way out there, starting to come through those mm-hmm. vents. Truck three was up on the alpha side yes. roof line and uh, yes. it was coming out of every vent. It's hard yes. to say it's black and brown. So right. It was well ahead And I know that's them. what engine one said. They they getting access to the fire was really tough mm-hmm. it was like there was wood or a door or something in the well, attic it's that attic it's the access to it at the top of that stairwell it's, it's not a lot of space to operate i mean so yeah, a lot like of on your hands and knees it's kind of, it's, right you just can't really it was there. a very complicated building too yeah. with just the mm-hmm. arrangement of that getting if you wanted to do a full-on attic assault in there how many ceilings would you have to open up um that from what it sounded like it was, it was very difficult in some of those spots to yeah. just to breach that and get into that attic space well, and, and you know and, and being interior and stuff and seeing what our conditions were there and then hearing what you're saying it wasn't until later on where i came back like the couple of days later when i watched Suland scanner had some pretty good video mm-hmm. of you because you can actually watch in the stairwell where our flashlights are and actually watch us when we at the point where we started coming down the stairwell, watch yes. it and trace the st- st- uh, flashlights and stuff because the conditions inside that, you know, we didn't necessarily have the smoke, but we were starting to get heat. And once the ceiling, you were pour- pulling the ceiling and then just saw so much fire uh, over our heads and we weren't getting right. anywhere with it. And that's when you're like, hey, we want to turn on these master streams. We got fire through the roof. And it was like, yeah. that's when 
you know, it's, it's like, it, it's enough. We're not getting anywhere doing this. And we're you, just going to get know, in trouble. Because you guys we're just both drove. Go. When you're standing yeah. outside and you know what changes you're supposed to be seeing, and they say they're flowing water inside, and there's absolutely no changes from the outside, you're yeah. like, hey, it's probably time yeah. to start thinking yeah. about yeah, when get, we came out and stuff. But then sure. I watched that video to see how much fire was through the roof. Yeah. It's like she was that, – that, that, I think that thing had a, had a good bite on that building before before we even got there. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And really what it needed is just a little bit of air to get yeah. introduced to it, and then let's, it, it took off. So then kind of around the same time simultaneously, we did a primary search from the top floor down, got everyone out. Yes, and then, and then kind of around this time we went defensive. And right, right. So we um, that was going back to to the, the people potentially still being inside mm-hmm. is um, I w- wanted to get that all clear from that place too because I, you know, I'm not sure what kind of state some of the the people are in this. You know, if we have any disabled occupants um, that might not be able to get out. Um, so we had engine eight, engine three, and I think engine four work the place from top to bottom, um, opening doors, forcing doors, mm-hmm. doing that primary search in all of these units to make sure we got everybody out. And I, that was weighing pretty heavy on me. And then I know right around that time when I got reports that we had clears, a primary clear on all floors, and then the, the timing just on that, it was, it was just so unique. And that's when stuff started to change. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now I feel better about getting getting everybody out of there especially when that that roof started to take off Mm -hmm. on us um the 10 minute checks in that were were very helpful too because that was a good frame of reference that okay we're after that first 10 minute check we're not really seeing too much progress being made it was kind of a a stalemate and then after that second one then um the fire was definitely starting to take a little bit more hold of it yeah and then defensive and 12 hours later they were there the next day a couple of yeah they yeah. on scene and so yeah. i think i think yeah, you know from from an interior just for again watching the video and just everything and everything we just learned in blue card and stuff with those you know and we go over the commercial structures of the big occupancies and yeah. everything and it's like it was almost you know just how we just went through scenario and scenario and you get to this point where you're like you know what defensive and i think that was a uh that was a good call on your part when you when you called in and stuff because it was we weren't getting anywhere you know yeah, inside and stuff and I think that was you know keeping um, all of us safe and make that that was a good call on your part to, to go defensive when you did that was yeah. heads know. up job on that yeah thanks you know that's that's one of those things that if, when you're thrown into that spot that you're like man I, w- I want to make sure all these people get home mm-hmm. too and if it means we got pulled the plug early it, then so be it I, I just want want you all to go home mm-hmm. absolutely so that's kind of ida what's we got i got a few more fires written down here oh yeah so that's kind of the same thing you go in the car chief goes on flex time <laughs> let's go back 20 2020 uh-huh. uh yeah, i believe it was may and it was former, a hot one former assistant chief warm. dan kugel mm-hmm. was in the car kind of same thing was going home early mm-hmm. uh, on a little vacation time and you were in the car for how long uh, uh, 20 minutes. 20 minutes, and then <laughs> what happened? So at that one, we had – that is when uh, Feed Energy came in as a structure fire. And, yeah, 20 minutes, and I, I couldn't believe it. It was – I so I took off. Com Center had reported that there were explosions being reported on the scene, and I'm like, what? And so I turned on to Gordon Drive to head east right off Pier Street and seeing that smoke column come off of the location of 
feed energy. That was something I've never seen before. That, oh. that column had to have just been visible for miles. I know my wife was coming south on the <clears throat> interstate from Jefferson, and she could see it. Wow. Oh, yeah. And, and she saw the layer where it leveled out. You know, oh, like it's, my goodness. Yeah. I, that was I, – I couldn't believe that one. And that was – with the explosions being reported, I remember – talking to truck one because truck three was on a medical call at we that were point on yeah. correctionville road not too far away yes. and uh walking around the front of that house i get the oh boy <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> boys we're going <laughs> right. sorry Corey and tanner on the ems call but uh we got work to do so yeah, we're we go. Yeah, yeah and that was the first time that i can remember i know it's the first time i ever requested that responding units especially truck one go defensive right away get that aerial up in place because mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna have a, a fun we have fight on our hands with this yeah. one and so i came down cunningham and just with how it worked out um i was the first on scene i parked right in cunningham and engine six rolled up um over on the south side of the building and right as soon as i opened that door oh, for that man. suburban there was an explosion yeah. at the oh. top of one of these burning uh, silos and um, it sent a piece of vent piping that was probably four foot long, just spiraling over to the direction of engine six. I heard it went Ooh. over engine six. It did. I and I was watching that. that and I was like screaming and like, you know, look out, look out. <laughs> and of course it, w- it wouldn't hurt me because no. of everything that was yeah. going. And it was just like slow motion, just watching sure. the sail and then bounce off the concrete oh, in that parking I, lot. I just what stepped out of the cab of, well, we were using truck, 10 truck 90 at the time currently owned by andy Cohn. yeah uh (laughs) as soon as i stepped out of the cab you feel it you hear it and i just huddle my head down and go oh boy (laughs) oh yeah get back in the cab real quick yeah well if you hear it you're good right so you you would have been acting you were yeah okay new newer driver i got a proby and a fourth man with me on a reserve rig perfect storm Oh, yeah. And Captain Chaos is in the car, and yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, so they were, key ingredients are falling just, into place here. I'm yeah. like, whoop, here we go. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's gotten so much time. As a, uh, yeah, as Brandon's got some pretty good experience <laughs> whenever I fill in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was one where we de- well, we went defensive. Um, I requested a second alarm. Right after that explosion, mm-hmm. I wanted a par for all the other units that are arriving on scene because I, I just saw one side of it. Um, I didn't know if anything else had cooked off there after that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure everybody was okay. Um, everybody reported back, hey, we're all intact. Um, right next to some of these burning tanks was a big tank. It was a vinyl tank of, I want to say it was, Hydrochloric acid. Yeah, it was hydrochloric acid. So Great. now we have an exposure here where if this heat starts impinging on that, now we're going to have to deal with, Even I don't know how problem. many hundreds yeah. of gallons of acid. Mm. Um, so request a second alarm. We got another engine. We had 185th come and help us. Yeah. And we had South Sioux come over and did they bring another aerial? They did. And I know we had some, some spot fires that were starting to develop from some of the the flying embers Mm -hmm. that were landing in Siouxland recovery. So the potential for this incident expanding tenfold was there. Mm -hmm. And so we were very, very thankful for the South Sioux crews there. That, and this that why, not, why not just a food oil plant? Let's go ahead and do the recycling center. Gotcha. Yeah, while we're yeah why not? Captain. Haven't you been there, Devin, for like a 24-hour fire? I've report? been to the recycling center a couple times <laughs> over my short career. A lot, of, a lot of burning. 
material. Falling in a the recycling center. Like climbing over piles of recycling cardboard and material and falling yes. through a hole because you don't know what's burning underneath you. It's never fun. That's yeah. And you're there all night every night. Yes. And it's just densely uh, packed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that one was I, I thought, okay, well, I got my career fire out mm-hmm. of the way yeah this won't happen again right yeah, that well, i'm done that's that's it <laughs> and happen. then then realizing that well, i got 12 years left and there's a lot of 12 years of filling in downtown yeah. that who knows what could happen i'm still waiting for a meteorite hit uh, the ceiling area fine. I, this this one didn't turn into a big incident but this is a couple months ago i remember you were you came down and like, i remember watching your hand touch the car door and we went to a gas leak yeah i was still putting my gear in in Into the suburban the yeah. and then i take off and then ac kelleher is just getting ready to drive home and he does one of these <laughs> i'm like i know <laughs> i know it. The whole way. <laughs> i was that's brilliant so let's go back so that's feed energy we'll go to one this is this summer i have the fire on steuben street the trucking yes yes that one um that was a really unique one. That was a those one where Devin and I we had some pretty unique experiences with that one. It, it came in in the middle of the night, and I, whenever we talk with some of our, our new guys and gals, I always refer to 3 a.m. as being the lowest point in my IQ, which is, you know, I'm, I'm sporting probably a 70 IQ at that, at that time of the day. I'm dipping into probably uh, mid-40s. Oh my and, so, and so we're getting close to this one, and there's um, there's some pretty decent smoke in that area. So I reported to everybody in route that, hey, we got some pretty decent smoke in this area. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty legit, at least from a distance. And so when we got on scene, again, talking about my, my lowest IQ point, I might have botched the locations of the building, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. I got those a little mixed up at that, that point. And so we started driving around. Assistant Chief Wilson was on time trade. He followed right behind us. And we had a, the windows down, and we could tell that there was some significant wood burning inside the structure mm-hmm. that – whatever was burning in this again kind of like the ida had taken a hold of some of the structural members in it which later we found out were steel steel framing in it but there was some wood structures inside of it and so we as we were driving around we couldn't see the exact location of of any fire um it was pretty well smoke charged Mm -hmm. and so we had we'd found one roll-up door, and I know we had Devin with us that was a brute right here that busted this little, little door out. And we wanted to make entry into a spot just to see if we could get a good location of where this fire was. And so if we went through this door, it was no good. Uh, we, could, we could relocate, redeploy that hose line to another side. And so this building is, wow, it's probably 200 200 yards yeah. i mean it's i don't know maybe 100 yards 200 yards it's a pretty lengthy building and so once we open this or devin had forced this door there's a little entryway into it that led to the rest of the structure and so we had opened that door and it i've never seen a flashover before this was a probably a clear the clearest cut example of (laughs) being in a flashover that could have happened and i want to say there was some definite divine intervention on this one um i was we had the hand line stretched to the door it wasn't charged because we you know like i said we weren't sure whether we were uh, gonna relocate to a different door 
depending on the location of this fire. Um, but I couldn't get a call out to, to get this line charged. And I'm glad that that call was, was not transmitted because had we been inside that, even 10 to 20 feet, mm-hmm. um, when that did flash over, yeah. we would have had some serious problems. I mean, like life-ending problems because yeah. um, for, for some of the viewers that don't know what a flashover is, that's that simultaneous ignition of the contents in a structure, which they figure is probably um, the ignition point of carbon monoxide, which is right around 1,800 degrees. Mm-hmm. And so our gear, it's good, but being exposed, exposed to a flashover condition at that temp, our gear is maybe good for five to 10 seconds. And wow. then we, we are, our bodies are going to start absorbing the rest of that heat. So um, I remember uh, Truck 3, Devin, and I, I think you had Corey with you? I had Tanner, you had Corey. Yeah. And we had went ahead of these guys to try and find the seat, you know, mm-hmm. to, just trying to find the location. There was another door just into that entryway to the right. And as soon as we forced that door as well, you can see that classic in training of smoke right oh, by yeah. us, around us. It happened oh. fast. So I'm like, well, our fire's in that room probably. And as soon as we went in, I mean – Dusty talked about that flashover, and there, you've heard guys talk about indicators of things off gas. It, it was like you, it's a it was second. immediately. You watch any like, video, oh, there yeah. is no. If you it's, see that, there's if no you, time. If, if the carpet off gases, yeah. that's it. There is yeah. no like oh, you're too late. No, done. I mean, right. and yeah. it happened as soon as I saw that no. stuff and the roof line started going. I grabbed Tanner and said, "We gotta go." We were clanking bottles, throwing each other out. Devin yeah, and I yeah. threw the probies out, <laughs> and then and then then we got out yeah. and. Um, that was i still can't believe how fast that was how fast that escalated and all it needed it was a time bomb it was waiting for a a big gulp of fresh air and we were the unlucky souls that opened that door i mean well lucky that we were able to escape Mm -hmm. but um it it set off a, a chain reaction that ignited everything in that that place was so well charged with smoke that um it we had just soot everywhere. We had soot on us, yeah. soot that was igniting. Um, so we um, we got out and we went defensive. And I remember turning around, looking at door at that doorway that we were at, that was now just had flames rolling out the top of it, and it was the blackest smoke I'd ever seen come out of a building. Wow. So had a key takeaway from this is that this call came in at night. Had it been during the daytime, maybe we could have sized things up a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of these flashover signs might have been a little more, a little more noticeable. Yeah. But with the nighttime sky, the smoke, it was very difficult to read at that, that it's, point. It's so, never good when it goes from zero visibility to total visibility right away because, <laughs> hey, the fire's here. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah we yeah, found yeah, the fire. No doubt where it is now. It's yeah, it's uh, honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so during but, that, the rest of that night, we, we, had, ex- we had semi-trailers to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, several explosions. We had some propane tanks that exploded, actually shot through the roof of that, wow. and then landed quite a ways away from the building. I know. I think we were up in the basket yeah. above one of them and <laughs> come up through the bottom of the basket while we're up there. I'm like, I've had enough of this dusty and the explosion <laughs> stuff for a lifetime. I think I'm I good now. Yeah, we. So we, thanks. We had shrapnel <laughs> concerns at that point too, yeah, which so. that was an, another new experience for Sounds me. Like and then that was a good, another good one of tree. key rig placement. You know, yeah. not knowing where that stuff was, but again, that, 
you know, corners of the building when you're doing your defensive ops, not right outside of a doorway, you know, things like that, that with the people that we have and the knowledge we have, the setting up of rigs was was good, you know, on yeah. that one. Yeah, I think so, too. We had all the bases covered. We, I know we we're had... We're already looking ahead when we pull up, right? And right. that's what happened, I think. And yeah, and and I think we're we're optimists, and yeah. I think on that, that emergency scene, we've talked about this before about being a pessimist, that, okay, stuff is most likely go wrong because Murphy's got a vote and mm-hmm. everything that we do. Absolutely. Um, how can we stay ahead of that? And how we got to be several steps ahead of that no matter what. For sure. Yep. So I got three more here. Yes. Uh, let's go over to South Helen. This is a recent one, too. This is last. This is 2022, right? Yeah, yeah. That was this summer. A little more of a simple. No, it wasn't a – this is just a house fire. Yeah, right? yeah. Just a, a standard house fire, and it was on an incredibly hot summer day. Yes. And so with that one, um, I know Truck 3 was out uh, responding. Actually, we had several units out on a natural gas leak call. On Military Road, and you're talking South Helens. Yeah, so West literally West across yeah. town. Yeah, we were, I think, so yeah, we were on the gas. You, were, yeah, you guys yeah, were there. Yeah, so we had, we had one of those situations where we got rigs on one side of the town, and then now we have a working structure fire call come in uh, within just a few blocks of the station. So... Uh, that one, posed, John Wayne time. You're on your <laughs> that's own. That's right. That exactly <laughs> what it was. And so we had reports of smoke showing, and then as we got a little closer to it, um, we're like, yeah, we got some pretty decent smoke. And then once we got right on the address, yeah, that was again that brownish smoke, gray. It's yeah, baby. it had a firm grip on this house, and so um, we we got uh, up on scene. Uh, we had Colby on the pre-connect with me. He had stretched that pre-connect. And that, this one was a good example of why you should do that 360 on this one. Because on this one, um, as Colby was stretching that line, I did my on-scene report. And then I, I did the 360 on this. And on the Charlie side, the back side of this house, it was just like a blowtorch. We had fire shooting out every window on this one. So Colby, I had Colby redeploy that line onto the back side of that house. And then... We uh, we were hitting it from that outside, and then once we had more units arrive on scene, Engine Six came on scene, and as soon as they came on scene, we had our our, our RIT crew, and then we went inside, made entry on that, and then Truck Three was kicked loose and was able to join us on the inside of that one too. Now we we could have made entry through that Alpha side door too, but I think we would have we would have had our hands full getting to the seat of that fire too because there was fire in every room on that back side and mm-hmm. we could have took a, a right hand turn and ended up in the garage you know, an area that wasn't quite involved yet so having that that full view of that structure is important because it's, it's going to save you a lot of work perfect um so i got two more here i got fifth avenue and south roswell yes which which one was or which one was earlier in your career? Um, the the Fifth Avenue one. Fifth Avenue. Let's talk about that one. Yeah. So that one, I, I was on Engine Six. I was a, a young floater. That's probably I had a whole lot more hair back then. Um, <laughs> but anyway, less forehead, more hair. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little bit of forehead right now. That's. <laughs> you mean five head? It's a five head. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll say four and a half. See, should, yep. Exactly. Stop. Yeah. If I had feelings, I would be upset. But I don't have feelings anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so with this one this is it was a, a a large garage that was on fire we got on scene we stretched a hand line to it we made entry through that walkout door and during the course of trying to find the seat of this fire um 
which it was very difficult to locate because it was again it was ventilation controlled Mm -hmm. a lot of thick dark smoke in there where you could not see your hand in front of your face and so with this one um we had i believe our pump had lost its prime on this one and so the hand this charged inch and three quarter hand line that we had it had went limp and at that point um with it being limp i couldn't I, i lost contact with it and that was one of those moments that in my life that like i should know better i should know that i should have had a a, t- a side of my foot on it, mm-hmm. a hand on it. I should have had my hand on my officer. Yeah. But chalk it up to just being an inexperienced new guy that should know better. And so I'm just sitting here in this garage, and I'm like, what do I do now? Like, it was it was total panic. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just looking back on it, I'm like, there's so many th- things that we could have done differently. Me as an individual, us as a team, that we should have – backed out got her prime back went back in but instead i just kind of sat there like a like a moron just like oh okay so i started feeling around for this line and um at this point the line was still limp and we had started having some flame over inside this the ceiling of this garage and it's a pretty large garage we had vehicles in it i think there's some motorcycles as well so it was definitely starting to get enough oxygen to start getting to take off. And it actually started burning up in that, that ceiling space and it lit it up. And as soon as that started lighting up in that ceiling, I had the visibility mm. went from nothing to, I could see everything. Yep. And then yeah. here's the hand line right beside me. <laughs> and here's the nozzle. It's charged game on time. Yep. But little did I know on the outside that, um, I think there was during the course of this becoming separated from that hose line that um, the officer had exited um, and reported to some of the other crews, hey, still got a guy inside. And I could hear chopping on that the outside of this garage that like, hey, one of our own still in here. And I could hear them just getting to work on this garage door with axes, yeah. busting it open. Were, were we radios on every personnel yet? Every yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, officer came back in with me. We, we, uh, we uh, punched it in teeth pretty good with our hand line. And, and then, then we'd exited a short time later after we, we found out what was burning and where it was at. But that was one of those moments that, like, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, like there's so many different things that could have been done, done differently, like exit that building immediately when that, mm-hmm. that hand line goes limp. You get it figured out and then go back in. And, yeah, yeah that was – that was a little scary one. That raised the hackles in my neck a little bit. I, I have this one, a note here, because this is one we talked about. How have our tactics and strategies changed since you've been on the job and just over yeah. time? Yeah. Um, so one thing, our previous generations of firemen with Sioux City Fire Rescue have, have always been really aggressive. And, and I, I'm thankful for that because that aggressiveness still carries on, and, and it'll carry on forever because we have this mentality that look we have people that are potentially trapped Mm -hmm. that could possibly be hurt or or killed by this thing we're going to get in a way interdict this and we're going to put a stop to it Mm -hmm. and so that's one thing that i think our people in this community can rest assured that you have some pretty knowledgeable people people that are willing to put themselves in in harm's way to to say look no not today you're we're you're coming with us we're getting Mm -hmm. out 
And so one of the, the tactics that I think has is, been a good move and um, for a while we, we've gone away from is making that direct attack on a fire. And so when I first started, one of the, the ways that we were being taught was that, okay, you can't attack that, attack that fire head on. You have to go around and hit it on the backside of the, like say if the fire's burning on the house, you're gonna come in through the back door and push it out because we don't want to push the fire into yeah, uninvolved it places. Always attack it from the unburned side because <laughs> right. you didn't want to burn more of the house. Yeah. All the, everything. Yep. Yes. Unburned side. And so there have been studies on it, and it, they just realized that this whole approach was, was trash, that we're not pushing fire like we thought we would. Mm-hmm. And so this aggressive way of, of hitting that fire head on, which our predecessors have done for a long time, that's now back in play and so you'll see every single one of our crews doing that same thing that hey look we're taking a fight to it we're not gonna go try to take a hand line around back we're, we're pulling that line right to that door and we're, we're getting to work yeah and we may be going to like what we call an abandoned structure or someone's mm-hmm. out front saying everyone's out but we we still we don't always take their word yeah. we're, we're gonna all vacants are occupied until proven otherwise exactly yeah. we're yes. gonna we're gonna give we're gonna give our check our first primary secondary yes. search to make sure prove that before we accept that it's it's just that that getting in the you know getting in the fight a lot sooner you know the that unburned side we spent so much time and and so much effort and energy exerted dragging a hose line to find the back door to come through the house you know the fire was in the front of the house and we would do it you know because yeah the thought we're going to push fire we're going to do more damage to the house we do all this stuff. We're going to push fire and heat and everything and smoke back on the occupants if they're still in there. So it was always on. But we wasted so much time. And hose line. And hose line and energy, everything, trying to do that. So now it's like, yeah, for from a from an attack perspective, to be able to get on scene and know that, you know, we're like, it's, you know, flame shooting out the front door. We're right there. Wet stuff under red stuff. And we're going you right. Know, right into the fight. So, you know, it's like fire from a, 99% of your problems go away. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's, and that's, you know, and that's a mentality. And I, and I think, you know, now that's, that, that's, I, I think for, as an, as an officer now, and as a firefighter, I think we should be in the mindset that that's so much better than the way we used to do it because we're making things better immediately. Yeah. We're not wasting time. Exactly trying to find like this the doorway on the unburned side that we could come through and walk around you know weave our way through a house and walk over people's stuff never mind I mean, that just, door's blocked by a washer and dryer right, or whatever exactly. and like fight it it's just no go after anyway. so that's where right. too you know yeah. our citizen anybody that's listening be like you know these guys we're coming in right through the i mean we're coming in we're coming in now and we're coming in hard and we're coming in fast so i mean we we are i, I do think we are an aggressive department in yeah. that aspect but but an aggressive but yet still well trained and and knowing what we're doing and stuff. calculated yes. too yeah. yeah not a reckless like no we are it is a calculated but it is an aggressive attack you know like like any professional sports team you know we train we educate ourselves we make ourselves better we have critiques we do all this stuff we you know just like a, a you know, any championship, the best teams aren't the best. You know, maybe they got the, some of the best talent, but they also spend the most time training and exactly. educating themselves and some of the stuff. We do the same thing. So, I mean, right. it just makes us a better Just well-rounded, yeah. yeah, I'd say. Well, and another thing to think about, too, is that there's starting to be this, this push, and I think it's an excellent push, that um, when you go to bed at night, too, it's recommended you close the doors to your, to your bedroom. And when you show up to that house where you have um, three sides of that, that structure burning, you can have a family in one of those bedrooms that's just waiting for for help, yeah. and so it, we can't make that 
decision to write off a building that early on when you have people that could be in a bedroom that um, we've seen those pictures that Mm -hmm. fire is totally charred and burned on the outside the other side of that bedroom door it's it's spotless and Mm -hmm. so that's where we we make these calculated risks perfect all right camp we're gonna take a quick break get the battery changed out and we'll be right back all right welcome back everyone we had a little battery break we got everything charged up and good to go we're in our last trimester of this this episode, Cap. We're gonna have to have you on again because I'd like love we could, to. I feel like we this could talk fun. for hours. And I'm a little bit of a um, talker. I'm a, yeah, I'm excited because this. I feel like this was just this was good. A lot of good stuff, and I look forward to bringing other people on yeah. that we work with, or maybe in other departments, or maybe police or something, and kind of doing the all the wash, rinse, repeat with this format. Cause I really like it. Uh, we did have we have. We asked you to come up with top three Christmas movies. We're going to have a little fun because it is in the Christmas spirit, so that's how we're going to end today. Uh, we have the top three Christmas movies from the four of us. And as I'm looking at the screen here, it looks like I'm up first. So, or, or, Well, it's all going to come at the same time. So let's go with everyone's number three. Number three pick. So, Phil, we'll start with you. Die Hard. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's a standard. Yes, it is. Dusty picked the same one, too, so that's on his list. It was an honorable mention for me, for sure. I do want to throw it. That was a tough one for me because uh, The Nine Lives of Christmas on the Hallmark Channel was a close (laughs) close third. Is that along the lines of Breathe? Yeah, yeah, that Breathe or Yoga by Dr. Lolly or whatever. So then, Devin, you got Elf. Yeah, I had to I admit the other day. I do. Never, I'm telling my, you, dude, this list was hard. It was, it was a hard to to pick hard. three. Yeah, is hard because I know Elf was definitely like it could have been in my top three, but it was definitely it was in my honorable mentions. It's a good yeah, show. Sure. I've yes. never seen Elf all the way through. What oh, you're doing my. yourself? I, okay, I you can I, you can walk right out. Yeah, I don't know why my that, girlfriend's that is a service. That is your Ben. That is I give my wit kids homework like all these movies, the fire movies that they haven't seen, so they can actually learn some things. That's your homework for this weekend is to watch Elf start to finish. In its entirety, we one. want a uh, double spaced three page report <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> Single you. spaced, thousand word essay. I don't Ooh. know a thousand words. Okay. <laughs> but Elf, uh, I know the scene where he's in the doctor's office picking cotton balls. That was my trivia. That was for, on for, your for trivia. Head I figured you'd oh, see that's right. Yeah. Yes, but I, I've seen parts. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then for myself, I had It's a Wonderful Life. That's just a good nostalgic. Christmas movie Good for, you. for me. It's a classic. Yeah, might, like that us. might be on my list in a different spot, but uh, I, I would agree that that's, that's <laughs> definitely in my top threats. Definitely my top three. Yeah, you know, that's uh, Jimmy Stewart's a national treasure. Anything he does, I, I absolutely love. That was another head news Christmas trivia. Does anybody know the town that movie takes I, place in? I don't know that one. Bill? Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. Okay. Wow. Nice. Boom. George Bailey, the old uh, you know, buildings alone. Come on, <laughs> you got to watch. If you okay, if you guys haven't watched it, that's a great you know sit down with the wife and the family and just you know cuddle up, you know get a little fire going and stuff and watch it. It's wonderful. I on, on Christmas, even on Christmas Day or whatever mm-hmm. that night. It's it's a that is a timeless classic. It yeah. really is. All right, number two, Ryan. Start back with Phil again. Home Alone. Home Alone, which was also quintessential. My number two. Okay, quintessential holiday movie. Come on. You know, Christmas movie. I when that, that came out, I was about the about the age Kevin McAllister when that came out because I think sure. it was ninety, I think it was ninety one somewhere right in there. Maybe well, no, maybe it was a little. Yeah, I was right around in there. So maybe a little. He was a little bit younger. Than I was, but you know, kind of sure. same age. I, I mean, come on. The, I was, the, I was know, talking about this with someone the other day, and 
I kind of see it from their perspective. Uh, I'm going to shout out Ryan Dykstra right now. He always wanted Kevin McAllister to get his butt beat because of the way he was talking to his mother in the beginning. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. He's kind of a little, you are a little jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Look what you did, you little, little jerk. Uh, this goes to show you, get, you, give a, yeah. you have like a, I don't know how old he is in the movies, but a credit card and you get a limo and a cheese pizza. That's all any kid wants. Yeah, and a home loan too. Yeah, I just, I can't, every time I can still watch it, and probably laugh just as hard now watching it today as I did the first time I saw it. And I just every and time. Never. And I oh, think yeah. – and, and now as you get older, you know, the injuries – now you're thinking, oh, what kind of injury did that guy sus- just sustain? <laughs> like how much damage did Looking these guys, medically. you know, did <laughs> yeah. uh, Harry and Marv take uh, through the thing? But um, and Joe Pesky was really oh, – he's a treasure. Yes, absolutely. No, fa- uh, yeah, one of my favorites. So. Uh, Devin, I like the the number two Christmas story. Hey, it was it was like tradition in our house. My yes. mom's like, we're watching a Christmas story, and if you didn't love it, you learned to love it. Yeah. But I love that movie. I really do. I've got, always liked I it. I got the lamp. I, today. That's right. Do, right there. The major that's awards. The yep. little one. The big one. The big ones at home. So right. Think, so. It's for Gile. I think my Gile. Christmas story trivia for Head News was what language. Uh, Italian baby. Does the dad think the leg is? That's right. Remember what he thinks it is? Is They sent a bowling alley. Bowling alley. (laughs) It's not a bowling alley. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys seen the uh, the new the Christmas story uh, the Christmas story Christmas? I heard nothing but bad things. Well, you you know what? We watched it last night as a family, and being huge fans of the regular Christmas story, I will say that it's not. I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't rank it. the The original one is, of course. Up far and beyond, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's up here. Um, this one's got some nostalgia to it. Okay. So, and it's not. I I wouldn't put it on your not watch list. I would sit down. I would I would I would give it a watch and give it okay. your own opinion and stuff. I I enjoyed it. You know, I'm not gonna say it was one of my favorites, but I'm gonna say I did enjoy watching it. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go check to, that out. I'm gonna go to Oppenheimer this week. I'll see if that's a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, and then number, let's see what else do we have. We have Home Alone, Christmas Vacation for Dusty. Uh, oh, I feel yeah. like we're going to talk about tier, this one dude. again. Yeah. It's a classic. I know. I, I can really relate to, to Cousin Eddie. He's kind of my... <laughs> I was waiting for Clark. <laughs> I was waiting for Clark, too. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I did get my Christmas lights on in October. They were not turned on. But uh, Cousin Eddie's uh, he's my spirit animal. <laughs> That's perfect. My head news trivia for Christmas vacation was what number... Is Clark Griswold wearing on his Blackhawks jersey? Zero? Double zero. Double yeah, double zero. zeros. Oh, yeah. double, double I zeros. for Clark? Yeah, double wow. I for Clark. Double I did zero. not know that. Yeah. And there's just so many good quotes in that movie. There are. I mean, oh, endless. Uh, endless. Endless. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really say Okay, so we're going to go. We're getting to number one. Number one. So our number one. Okay. So, That's a good lineup, boys. So Devin and I are on par with Christmas Vacation. Yep. Dusty had a Christmas story. And then it's a wonderful life for right. Phil. I told you. Okay, yeah. so we're we're all on the same wheel. Yeah. I think we're like yeah. I if you look so. at all the one oddball movie on there was Elf and stuff. But again, that was, yeah. that could be that was in my one of my honorable mentions and stuff for sure. And it, it was this was a hard thing to do right Very. to pick like three? your three Man, top so three many. favorite Christmas movies. I had you know and there was too many of them. Yeah. I'd like to honorable mention Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Oh, oh my yes. absolutely. Yeah, made me appreciate I love that, movie that movie way more. It's so you know? good. Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> 
Um, honorable mention to you, Trailer Park, Trailer Park Boys Christmas. <laughs> There's some pretty good Christmas ones. Same with The Office. Uh, that is office Christmas. Oh, yeah. The Office has some pretty good Christmas. Oh, well, I love you, Dusty. We didn't talk about is uh, we call you Jim Leahy sometimes. Yes. The Trailer Park Supervisor yes. from Trailer Park Boys. Jim Leahy. Uh, if you're a kid, if you if you go to middle school, don't watch that show. Yeah. But it is one of one of our favorites. So and and I, you know I've got it's a wonderful. So if you guys if you're not haven't watched the old the classic movies the old christmas movies okay like i said jimmy stewart's a, a national treasure and if you don't appreciate the older movies where these actors had to actually act they actually had to sing they actually had to dance there was no cgi there's no editing there's any of this stuff are i think the acting is so much better white christmas uh bing Wait, crosby oh, man, that's oh so my man. god you know one of my that's one, a, i think know, that's in a classic you know, yeah, one, probably. yeah uh, and and danny k you know that was fantastic uh shop around the corner is good holiday inn um if you haven't seen that one that's another just classic old movie that you just need to sit down and watch and appreciate and um they're just really really good you know you guys are. watch christmas movies at, at your guys station i'm sure we'll have christmas story on. Yeah. yeah i don't know yeah it's you know how I, it they're is pretty anymore, entertaining. trying to sit down it's, and watch something. Yeah. There's so much <laughs> football on right now, too. There I'd is. say if well, my number one Christmas good football too. Uh, is football. Yeah. I love watching yep. football yeah. this time yep. of year. Yep. Shout out to the Vikings. The hey. largest comeback in NFL history this weekend. <laughs> Kirk that was I never doubted that team. I was not calling to sell the team at halftime. JJ sure. is that guy. My brother he was there. Him. He had like end zone seats. He was like three rows back. He left. Oh, my God. With two and a half minutes oh, to go no. in the fourth quarter. He said that was the first time and will be the only time he ever leaves a game early. But he had he had phenomenal seats and left early. That's one of those that will make you sick. He is going to kick himself for the rest (laughs) of his life. Life regret right there. On a a future episode, we'll talk about the dynasty of misery. Oh, yeah, the legacy legacy of uh, disappointment or whatever it is. Yeah, (laughs) so true. It is so true. We'll bring that up later. It is fantastic. Uh, So that's our top three Christmas movies. Thanks, guys, for putting that together. Uh, we got one last segment before we wrap today up. Uh, fill me in, Phil. You kind of got a little Christmas safety and a little update. What's been going on? Yeah, the we'll fire get department. To kind of go through this stuff pretty quick. So we're going to start real quick with some uh, holiday safety, holiday fire safety tips because it is the holiday season. And you know, when we're doing uh, decorations and things like that, we have a lot more uh, stuff plugged in places, a lot more extension cords, a lot more wires, power getting used and stuff in our house. So when we are plugging things in and using extension cords and running them all over the place, you know, the fire department, we're not necessarily huge fans of extension cords. We'd rather see things plugged directly into the walls. But if you do have to use extension cords, try to use a power strip with a surge protector on there. It's going to be a lot better. Um, Making sure those extension cords of the power strips are plugged directly into the outlets. We don't like to daisy chain things. So an extension cord to an extension cord to a power strip plugged into another power strip and another one because that creates such an overload on the system. It could be a huge fire hazard also make sure your extension cords are properly maintained they're not running under any rugs or any furniture or anything because that's where we could trap some heat we trap heat and then we can have an ignition source and then yeah like i said the no daisy chain your christmas trees this is another big thing especially uh with your real trees versus your artificial trees is a lot of the times artificial trees are made out of stuff that's uh fire resistant um but a, a real tree you know isn't and they can get uh tinder tinder dry 
Um, they burn, if a dried out tree can actually burn hotter and faster than newspaper, and they can reach flash over in under a minute in a room, like in your living room. It's, you know, you walk, go online, you can watch videos in under a minute that room when we, you guys just talk about a flash over and how hot that is. So you can think if you're inside your home and that flashes over that your, your chances of escape are bad. So, um, you know, all references and stuff, nfpa.org, U.S. Fire Administration, uh, Red Cross and stuff, there's tons of information on those. But uh, fire departments uh, across the U.S. respond to an estimated average of 790 home structure fires per year that begin with uh began with decorations excluding christmas trees so that's just your you know your you know candles other decoration stuff going on but uh, uh every year uh we respond to an estimated 210 home fires involving christmas trees so even though they're inc- infrequent when they occur they can be dangerous and costly they cost an annual average of six civilian deaths uh 16 injuries and 16.2 million dollars of property damage every year from Christmas tree fire. So that's something to think about, you know, making sure your tree is at least three feet away from any heat source, any heat source, three feet away. So space heaters, fireplaces, candles, anything like that. Uh, don't be blocking uh, your fireplace or radiators with that. Keep your candles away um, and make sure it's not blocking an exit, your means of egress in case you have to uh, escape in a hurry in case it does catch a fire and make sure you're watering your tree daily just because of um uh to keep that because that will cut down dramatically not saying it won't burn but it will definitely slow down that process give you time at least to get out uh of your home when that happens and stuff if you have any other questions with that kind of stuff uh you know you can always contact uh the crr if you go to uh city.org look under the departments under fire rescue you can see in there with our safe home program our fire uh, uh smoke alarm program stuff and set up a safe home we could come and help you look at some of those things so that's just some fire safety tips and then uh we get into real quick uh just some department update stuff that's coming over the last couple months stuff the uh the general public doesn't necessarily see of course the biggest thing is the new fire engines which there was uh, a media day for that and everything so that's fantastic the engines that they were replacing i know like engine one uh was pretty worn out engine three was actually old engine four mm-hmm. so it's nice so these new engines and then not so much the new engines going to service there but the re- reserve engines that these engines are going to replace now is our reserve engines. Now we're going to have decent ones because our reserve engines were pretty beat up. So moment of um, silence for engine 15 engine. Eight. Yeah. Oh, for those E ones. Cause those were, those came in like one cause those were still pretty brand new when you and I started, Yeah, you know, yeah. and then we had the old uh, open cabs still too, but <laughs> right. um, those were nice. Cause those are actually nice. Those E ones we had three of them. Cause you actually, everybody rode inside. It was out of the elements. Otherwise we were on engine 70. Oh, nice. Oh. Sitting at the boneyard now to, <laughs> yeah. to be joined by 50 and 80. Yeah. Yep, yep. So we were, we, uh, Dusty and I used to be with the uh, open cabs and stuff. Yeah. So that was nice. We had one of those yard. left. And, and the snorkels. Remember the snorkel? Yeah. We actually Rick's rode the dad. tailboard. We can say we actually rode the tailboard like old school firefighters. So that was pretty that. awesome. We, so uh, it was. We're going to have to get Chief Keller on because he, he was talking the other day about riding tailboard and how it being cold and you put your head underneath the tarp. Yep. Yes. So Little yeah, guys he's, hop he's, right he's, underneath he's got so the tarp with their too. full body. Yep. Um, let's see. So that's the the biggest thing is the engines. We have four new EMS employees, four new EMTs starting an EMS division on Monday. Um, and then with that, uh, there's a, I guess there's an EMT class here r- wrapping up in December. It was put in uh, Director Hayden's update that to look in January, uh, anybody that's listening that wants to potentially work on Sioux City Fire's EMS division, um, that in, it sounds like maybe January sometime we might be putting out applications again for uh, for EMTs and stuff to for a potential hiring list. So mm-hmm. if you have any desire to work in EMS, 
um, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, so yeah, I would say just in general, just to be a part of the Sioux City Fire team. We yep. are we are one team. I know we have two different divisions. I started on EMS. You uh, did. We're at we're up at eight now. I think I eight. Yeah, because we're going to moved from EMS to fire. Yep. So it's it's a great. And with it's, that, because you were to start. and like you said, you so you were one of the original, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's an, uh, also in the other eight to the MS division. We have our uh, five years, five years actually this mm-hmm. month uh, from when the first people started working. So January 1st, 2018 is when uh, Sioux City at 0800 is when Sioux City Fire Rescue officially began running ambulance service. The first call for the MS division was at 0849 uh, with a uh, crew, Liz Ford and Corey Collins, which Corey Collins is one of your guys' probies now. So yep. Corey was one of the originals. Ben was one of the original EMS people now on the uh, fire side and stuff. So well, Corey's about what three shifts away from graduating probation. Yeah, the if, he's lucky. if he makes it, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 if they make it, I, I don't know. Things. Yeah, they're done. Their last shift with us is January first. So then they've completed their probation. Good and, for them. Yeah, we're pretty excited for them. Pretty yep, good and guys. with our with our EMS too, they, we just had the site visit for our CAS accreditation for the EMS. So, uh, people if people listening don't know that there's certain national accreditations for for different entities. So our Com Center just received their accreditation. Uh, our police department is an accredited police department. The of course our the fire side, the fire division with the CFAI, we just got reaccredited stuff, and now our EMS division uh, is hopefully going to get that approved and stuff. But the comments from I guess the evaluators with was we had a model system and it's one of the best fire-based uh, EMS systems that they've seen uh, really squared away and stuff but with that accreditation for the EMS division um, just you know on our ISO rating we're ranked already in the top half percent of all departments worldwide and there's only a, a handful of departments or municipalities I should say in the whole United States that have accredited uh, comm centers police departments Fire department or uh, fire division and EMS division. So we're we're an elite company when we That's have incredible. these things, and it speaks worlds of of our department and then also the city council uh, and the citizens and stuff that support us and support their department. I, I hope they realize how how squared away of a, a place we are. So, um, and then I guess the the biggest thing then to also do is the uh, the mustaches, the mustache contest. We talked about it in November. Mm-hmm. We had Derek on and stuff, so we did have winners from that. Uh, you know, I think uh, I'm not going to pute the citizens voted and stuff. So that's that's who gets to win and stuff. Un- unfortunately, was you know, I th- I think I don't know. You guys put a lot of effort into that. Derek, yeah, Derek I think some too. people. I think well. some people put more effort into others. I think you know when you when you when you grow the mustache out and you grow out the hair and you get a costume and you develop a character and you do some things. I just think weighs a little bit heavier than. Just applying to a, a filter to your picture he, and he then claims taking it. So. He's retiring. He claims this is a, he's so. taking a break. He won't be in the competition next yep. year. No, Derek. His was good though. His was he good. like he said he was grew oh, that you're, hair you're out for Nick. you. With yes. his Hayden Fry? Yeah, if he, oh, if he it wasn't in the state of Iowa, Iowa that guy wouldn't have won. Oh, man. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. yeah. This you is not going to go over good. No, I, Just I'm saying. saying Nick. If Nick's listening, shout out to Nick. That was awesome. It was. It a good was. I will say it was. there was a likeness there, but. Um, I, <laughs> I just I know Shipper put you know a lot of effort into his thing and and uh, did. you know people with high IQ got it you see and then other people you know Jim and Gerard with his Captain Hook was was you know mm-hmm. very yeah. good and stuff some of us put yeah. and and I he makes maybe, a good creepy pirate I, by the did, way. Good okay. for him. and you guys being younger maybe <laughs> Dusty you, recognized but did you guys being younger guys did you recognize who my character was no I not at all see that's where I'm like you know it was it was Captain Kangaroo. Oh man, smoking no. cigarettes and watching. <laughs> See, that. I was a Mr. Rogers guy. I didn't watch Captain, uh, Kangaroo Captain all that Kangaroo. Much. That's where, and I think yeah. that was my problem. Is people were like, "Wow, that's just some weird guy with a moose on his shoulder." <laughs> and anybody <laughs> well, that got it was. it was anybody that got it was like, 
Oh, that's so good. Oh, you it's know, Captain Kangaroo. It's Captain Kangaroo. Yeah, Come on. Good, so man. anyway, I'm so good. yeah, so Derek, so Derek, uh, you know, DeWitt, he got uh, you know champion again in the uh, in the Masters or whatever the Legends Division, two time uh, champion. But yes, he did announce his official retirement uh, after this year, and then the uh, and then Nick Roth won the uh, Pretenders Division with his Hayden Fry. So good, good for yeah. those guys and stuff. Yeah. And we raised uh, just about four hundred bucks for support Sudan soldiers. So that's awesome. Uh, and you know, I'm sure we'll we'll all be uh, um, we'll be all be competing again next year. And you know, you know talking, jelly, don't talking smack and, <laughs> th- and throwing blows and stuff. We were talking when about it down, Nick. I, it did make me think. I was going to give an update for those that don't care at home. Uh, the fantasy football Nick Ross League uh, currently Joel Bertrand needs one point from Green Bay tonight to upset Casey Olson, and he will be playing former assistant chief Dan Kugel in the. Oh no, Dan, he lost. So I don't even know who that team is. I can't say the name of that team on, on the air, <laughs> on but the... Nick Ross Fantasy Football League. It's been around for a while. There's a trophy. Give a sports update for those yeah. for those who don't care at home. Other than that, guys, uh, it's been fun. We've gone a while. I would love today. Thank you so much. I think that was hey, a lot of fun. This is yeah. great. Thanks, Thanks for coming, Thanks again. for having me. This is so much fun. We'll have you on again, Cap. With that being said, shout out to our employees, Sioux City Fire Rescue, Sioux City Fire EMS, uh, the city council, the citizens, everyone with the support they've given. Have a Merry Christmas. We look forward to seeing you guys next year. Stay safe this holiday season, and we'll be back in January with our next episode. The Night Before Christmas, Sioux City Fire Edition. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the firehouse, not a creature was stirring, not even the station mouse. Their gear placed by the rig with care, with hopes of some work to be had somewhere. The fire and EMS crews snuggled up in their beds, with dreams of fires, traumas, and helping those in need in their heads. When all through the house arose such a clatter, a foretap rang out as the dispatcher stated what was the matter. Fire was showing through a window upstairs. The crews flew out of their beds and reclining chairs. They arrived and did the jobs they all know and love, with a little guidance and help from above. SCFR is always ready, willing, and able to respond to any call, protecting and serving Siouxland and all. To all first responders, military, and hospital staff too, until the next run, have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you.
On the jingle first day. Dismissed by Drew Love. Jingle. Jingle. Was it something I said? I think. Uh, what were you I, singing? I, 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 yeah. They're not coming in?